0: What do plants need to grow? Soil, sunlight, and water. The real question,
1: what do you need to grow? Hi Ed, this is Tech. Real talk, real teachers, real tech leaders, and concrete next steps for upskilling your career.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Hi Ed, this is Tech. I'm Anna, joined as always by my wonderful co-host Rob.
2: Let's go. (laughs) Thanks again, everyone, for joining. Really happy for this one.
0: I love it. Uh, Cool. So I'm really excited about today's transitioning teacher who I'll be introing. It's Mickey Fryhover, who is obviously a teacher, um, but now she's looking to get into SaaS sales. And I'm really excited to have our leader on today, too, who's has a background in sales, and you know Rob also has a background in sales. So this is going to be a really fun episode, and I, the loan marketer, will certainly learn a lot. So, Mickey, welcome. How are you doing today?
1: Um, I'm doing fantastic, and I'm really excited to be a part of this today.
0: Awesome. And is there anything else you want to add to your background? Uh, Because my bio view is quite short.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Um, I have been teaching for 12 years. Um, I came into teaching a little later than some people I didn't start teaching until in my very early 40s. So when I started teaching, colleagues who were my age were already like in year 20 or so. So um so yeah, and before I started teaching, I have a background in mental health. Um so I wasn't not in, as a therapist, but just working with adolescents in a psychiatric facility type thing. So um I have a very interesting and very Kind of twirly path to get to where i am now so but you know it's just how life goes
2: sometimes
0: well that's great thank you for that and now rob why don't you take it away
2: absolutely so for today's call i'm pulling in the uh, the man the myth and the legend this is the the man that uh helped me transition out of the classroom my first offer uh leaving the classroom And today's guest is Andrew McGowan. Uh, We go back to Schoology. He was my hiring manager, my director during my time there at Schoology. Really extensive background on Andrew's end, uh, some various organizations, but they do include in addition to Schoology, LinkedIn, crushed it there. And you're now with a new organization called Superhuman. Uh, But Andrew, let me turn it over to you for a uh, deeper intro.
3: Yeah, thanks, Rob. I uh, appreciate you having me on. I'm always excited to talk to people that are looking to transition their careers and move into a new realm uh, for themselves. Uh, Growth is something extremely important to me personally and and extremely important to me professionally for myself. So very happy to be on the call today. Uh, A little bit of background about myself, I've been in sales for over nine years, a little bit of a mix of not tech sales, right? And also moving into tech sales more recently. Uh, so I actually was at Enterprise uh, Rent a Car doing like actual branch manager sales work, like you know the flipping cars and stuff. That was my first foray into sales. Uh, but even myself, I've made a career transition uh, in the past as well, uh, because I originally graduated college as a science chemist. Um, worked my first couple, my first couple years of my professional career. Uh, in the lab. So, very different than sales. Uh, obviously, not the same as moving out as a teacher. There's, you know, it's a little bit different in terms of roles, but a career transition nonetheless. So, very happy to be here and uh, provide any insight that'll be helpful.
0: So, I have to ask what, like, coming from a lab, obviously, I mean, that's still so different going into sales. What was your biggest learning experience your first year in sales?
3: That's a good question. I think, my, like, my first year in sales, and I would even say that this rings true today. Is that if you want to be in sales or if you want to be successful in sales you have to actually want to be there um, and that, there's a lot of people that think it's going to be great they think it's not going to be you know it'll be, it'll be different it'll be fun which it is right and it is very different um, than like being a teacher it's very different than being in the lab as a chemist but it is very much something that you know as a, as a role and as a career you, you have to be self-motivated to be successful and if you are not motivated to be working with partners you're not motivated to helping someone else find success with the products that you have the, have to offer and the solutions that you're going to provide to them, then then it might not necessarily be the the best place for you.
0: So Mickey, why do you want to be in sales then?
1: Um it, it feels like, <clears throat> excuse me, a natural sort of kind of not a progression necessarily, but a natural um role to step into. Um I have already been selling curriculum to middle schoolers for 12 years so if i can sell english (laughs) and parts of speech to eighth graders then by golly i can sell software to a business that really needs it so and i just really like um, solving problems and helping people um, make things better for themselves and i think sales would be a good a good way for me to to
2: do that so andrew you uh hired me out of the classroom um, great experience great interview process by the way too and so curious for transitioning teachers out there and mickey included what are some things that you look for during the interview process from someone transitioning to
3: so that's a great question and it's interesting because sales over the last nine years has, years has changed quite a bit Um, you know, early on in my enterprise days, it was a lot more transactional, more of like, you know, the, the cutthroat, you know, that you would think about sales being right. Um, kind of like talking fast and that kind of stuff. The things that I look for right now are number one, they're motivated by money and they're motivated for sales. Um, if someone is not, doesn't care about making money, they don't care about sales in general, they're not kind of goal oriented and driven in that way. They're not going to be successful in sales because, it really is truly a goal-oriented role. Um, number two is being a really good communicator and having a, a strong ability to do discovery. You know, At the end of the day, you're not going to be successful if I'm, if you're pitching your product and you're telling these people about what you want to offer them and how you want to talk to them and that you want to have a great conversation. You're only really going to be able to sell to somebody if you can really understand their values and and get through multiple layers, not just learning information, but being able to really understand what that information means. So you're asking questions and they're telling you about their business, but figuring out and figuring out like why those are their goals and why those are the things that are important to them. And what is the impact and implication if they don't succeed and then positioning your product in that way. So whenever I'm doing interviewing, I look for motivation. I look for someone that is monetarily driven, they want to be in sales uh, and then strong communicators, which kind of tend, goes into that discovery.
2: Yeah, that's, that's great uh, feedback there. And so uh, I would say this on the education end of it, you know, sometimes money is, is a little taboo, I guess you might say. Um, and Mickey, I'm kind of curious now on your end, after hearing what Andrew said, any thoughts that you have based on his suggestions?
1: Um. Yeah, money. Money is nice. And you don't make a lot of it as a teacher. So honestly, that's one of the things that um, kind of really excited me about the opportunity to go into sales. Because I am, right now, I am capped. I mean, I can't, I mean, the only raise, raise in in quotation marks that I will get is whatever teeny tiny little um, cost of living raise that, you know, we may be able to negotiate um, so unless I pay for another degree, I'm I'm this is it. I'm at <laughs> I'm at the top of where I can be. And you know, I I, I am interested in making more money and, and being able to do more things for my family and, and to just go and do things I've not been able to do before. So yes, I am very money <laughs> motivated at this point. And I do um and I like what you said too, um, Andrew, about you know, having to uh, be able to, to listen and, and kind of dig in. Um, and I'm really good at getting at the root cause of things. Um, and so that's something that I already kind of know how to do. So I feel like that will be a really good skill that will be super helpful um, in the role of a sales rep.
3: Now, as I said, I'd have to agree, uh, Mickey, like, you know, and when you put it in perspective of being a teacher, getting a kid to buy in on what you're selling them right getting a kid to buy in on on what you're trying to teach them asking them the right questions so that they come to the conclusion that this is something that they want to learn on their own it's the same exact thing in sales a lot of people don't realize that like you need to talk to people like they're humans and you need to ask those questions and do the same thing a lot of people feel like when they get into sales they get into SaaS and business that they need to know the exact right thing to say and the exact you know, value proposition and pitch and way to handle an objection. When realistically, if you're just having good conversations and really trying to understand someone's viewpoint, that's the best way to get someone motivated to work with you. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense.
1: And as the
0: marketer on this call, I'm kind of curious, right? So I work a lot with um, salespeople, but I'm not the one who's actually on those calls. And so, what are like, what are some of those skills that? someone going into that sales call needs to have, right? Like, I think like we picture like SDR and it's cold calls, right? And you picture like people like hanging up on you, but it's much more than just like trying to call and hawk a product. Like what, like, what does modern sales look like, I guess?
3: So it's a good question. I touched on this a little bit earlier in the call, but what it, (laughs) You do still need grit, right? You, you you kind of pushed away from that, but at the end of the day, you definitely still need grit, especially in your entry-level sales roles. You are going to have lots of phone calls that you don't even speak to anybody. You're going to have lots of phone calls where people hang up on you in the first five seconds. At this point in my career, I'm not necessarily dealing with that at so much because I'm working with existing business and expanding to corporate enterprise programs and things like that. So I'm not really doing cold calling as much as I obviously would have done in my, the earlier page of my career. Uh, but that grit's important. Being able to get you know shot down, very be really really exhausted and just pick up the phone to make two extra phone calls before you leave is huge. Uh, but I think that enthusiasm and really strong communication are two huge things. If you're happy, you're smiling, you're you're energetic. It like people like that, and I always say even smiling when you're talking on the phone, as dumb as it sounds, like it really changes the way that your your overall tone comes across and the way that someone communicates back to you. So really strong communication. There's a million things that go into that, but that's probably like the number one, other than grit.
0: And I do like Mickey from my experience. I know with teaching like that was that type of like communication and bringing that enthusiasm, even through exhaustion is like something teachers are doing every day. I'm kind of curious, like what is your ideal next company that you go to look like?
1: Oh, you know, I, I, I mean, I want to go somewhere um, that has a a product that I can really get behind because I think it's going to be hard to sell something that you don't really believe in yourself. I mean, I don't know that I'd have to like totally buy into it because there's always the fake it till you make it, I guess. And I think the lear- the more you learn about a product and what it can do, um, that's going to kind of help with that. So, I mean, I'm interested in, in, in ed tech just because I engage so much with ed tech on the daily. Um, but I'm not like married to that idea and I'm open to, um, a lot of different things, but I just want to go somewhere where, um, collaboration is encouraged and, creativity is encouraged and, um, you know, they understand the concept of, you know, this is a a team sport. And if, you know, I mean, when we all succeed, I mean, if I succeed, we all succeed and, you know, we succeed together, we fail together. And I think those kinds of values are are important. And that's kind of one thing that I'm looking for wherever it is that I, that I land.
3: So I wanted to comment on that, Mickey. I think that I have so didn't really dig into my background too, too much, but as Rob said earlier, I worked at Schoology and I've hired quite a bit of uh, former teachers into the sales world. I love that you're leaning towards something that you are passionate about with your first kind of foray into SaaS, just because my perspective is always that it's really difficult to learn two completely new things at the same time. It's one thing to move into a sales role, but it'd be a completely other thing to move into a sales role and also be selling email productivity software, which is like what I sell. Those two major changes at once, it, it becomes much more challenging. So you moving towards and looking at ed tech companies is, is absolutely the right path to get you started because you're going to be passionate about it. It's going to be easier for you to pick up because you've already kind of understand edu- education technology. You've been in the space. You can talk the talk and walk the walk uh, with the prospects that you'll be speaking to. Um, so I definitely you know agree that that's the right, the right route to start. For sure
2: i want to i want to add in here real quick so um i think we've mentioned like going a little bit bold in the interview process with like hey i'm the person i'm i'm the person for your for your company right so background i essentially went right up to andrew at one of the job fairs that i was at and i literally said i want to i can and i want to talk the talk and walk the walk i don't know if you remember that andrew that's exactly what i said to you after Andrew was up on a panel discussion, and I said, "I have to go up and talk to this guy." I left my resume at the booth. That's probably not going to be enough. I have to go and make an impression. Um, and I think that I think I did that, and I used those words right out of your mouth, and I just kind of spit them back at you. And uh,
3: yeah, that's kind of how it all came to be. I absolutely remember that, and I remember being like, "Who is this guy?" He's like, "This is awesome." Like. That's literally, I mean, it was literally like the things that I'm talking about going out there and getting after it. And he did that. And that was like huge for me. I went back, I remember actually going back to my uh, <clears throat> VP of sales at the time. And we were hiring for a role at this point in time. It was actually a little bit higher level than like a typical SCR, it was a strategic SCR working with some larger school districts. And I was like, this guy is great. And we had a great conversation. And I was like, I think he'd be a great fit for this role, even though it's not like quite full, like entry-level sales, which was pretty awesome. And I was correct. Rob did crush it.
0: (laughs) Well, and it's like interesting because I think in doing that, Rob, you were showing like sales skills, right? Like that confidence. And it's like, when I hire marketers, like I look for really excellent communication from them, right? And like that they're like really, like I just think that there are ways and like I always say to people that I work with on the career coaching side of like show, don't tell. And I think that's a way of like showing sales skills and not just telling someone that you have them on your resume too. I
3: would agree. And being someone that interviews to to your point, Anna, when you're getting into interviews for the people that are listening, like that are starting to interview and like they want to make that transition, it's all about the details that matter to, to to show that what you're talking about, you truly understand it. If I'm asking about a time that you've you know gone above and beyond to hit a goal, I don't want to just hear like a one sentence phrase. I want to hear like, these are the challenges that I was faced with. Here's what I was trying to overcome. Here's how I did it. Here's how I thought about it. Because that is showing and demonstrating that you can talk, walk the walk and not just talk the talk.
2: Yeah, And I remember part of that interview process with you, Andrew, like, I remember that exact question that I had prepared through experience that I had with my cousin in sales and he showed me the ropes of like having data to back that up, right? So like, what have you accomplished in your short time in education and like have that list, what kind of numbers and, and quantitative data can you bring in and have that ready to go as well? Right. So Mickey, I, I kind of think as you're going through this interview process, think of ways to, to answer that type of question and uh, was curious on your end. Do you have questions for Andrew?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, have talked to at this point, I've talked to a few people in sales um, just to kind of get an idea of what the interview process is like and, you know, that sort of thing. And, and the thing that's interesting is when you're a teacher, it's just like it's a single interview. Um, sometimes it might be two if there are a lot of candidates and they're having trouble deciding, but it's it's like a one and done and you either get it or you don't. It's not like a multiple process, like three or four interviews. And so that's going to be a new, <laughs> a new experience for me. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's something that I am interested in is how to best prepare for these things. Because I know initially it's probably going to be an interview for fit and that sort of thing. And But when it comes to preparing for, you know, like um, – you know, like a presentation or those types of things. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in the learning a little bit more about is how to go about preparing and really knocking it out of the park.
3: Yeah. So I would always recommend thinking about. And I apologize, people are like blowing me up on Slack if you can hear that. Um, but I would actually, re- I would always recommend thinking about like for yourself what makes a salesperson successful. What are those skill sets that might make me succeed in this role? And finding more than one example for yourself that you can give to each one of those things, like really strong communication, being a go-getter, like whatever those topics may be. More than one example is always huge because a salesperson may ask you, okay, great example, give me another. If you can't give two or three examples and you're not ready to go, they're, then it may be, you know, maybe this person prepared really well, but they're not actually that person, if that makes sense. Um, another thing I would do is, run role plays with your friends and family before you go into these in any sales interview you're going to do a role play um it could be a sales conversation it could be like sell me this pen or whatever the topic may be like i haven't heard that in an interview in a really long time i don't think you would ask that question anymore but uh like look at their product and have a have a perspective on their products and have a thought process on how you would try to communicate that um, because if you do a role play which you most likely will uh, you want to actually be prepared to like ask questions and be able to communicate effectively in a role play scenario.
1: Yeah, because thank you for that. I mean, that's the thing that I think I'm the most <laughs> kind of nervous about is, you know, how to, how, I mean, I can mail a teacher interview like there's no tomorrow, but I mean, this is a, a totally new experience. So that's, that's really helpful.
0: Well, and I, um, I kind of want to piggyback on that a little bit because I have a, uh someone I know who has an interview coming up next week where it's with their head of sales and it's her fourth round and she has to demo the product essentially for them. So how, like going into that, I was, she asked me for some advice, like what advice would you give to someone to, you kind of touched on it already, but like, if you're having to demo the product for them, like, what would you do because you obviously are not going to understand the whole product. Right. So like, what would you make sure to hit on?
3: This is a great question. Um, Very challenging, honestly, because if you, and personally, I don't have people demo my product. Uh, I will have people that come and interview with us um, do like role play scenarios on trying to sell the product. I don't like when people over prepare, weirdly. I like when someone comes into a a role play scenario, a demo scenario, like over preparing, but I don't want to see a slide deck. I want to have a great conversation and I want you to connect with me and I want you to. Understand what are my motivators and what are the things that are that are challenging for me and what are the things that are going to stop me from potentially moving forward. Now, that's not necessarily answering your question explicitly because obviously a demo scenario is a little bit differently different, but play devil's advocate with yourself when you're going into the demo scenario. What are the things that you would say no to? Why, what are the things that would make you stop and pause and say, you know what, this isn't really a product for me. Be prepared for those types of questions and those types of uh, rebuttals. Um, and then whenever someone does give you a rebuttal or if they are they're asking questions, always follow it up with a question. So if you say, no, I don't think that's really big, that's gonna help my company too too much. It's like, okay, well, why not? Well, like give me your perspective on that. Where is that, where is that rebuttal coming from? Tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. Um, and that's that's how I would always prepare. Also, don't be afraid, put it into perspective, like th- pretend that you're literally selling it to your kids. Like one thing that I always say to people that when you're practicing sales and everything, like, what's something you're really passionate about? And how do you convince a friend to do it? Like, what's a, what's your favorite TV show? And how would you convince your friend to watch that TV show? Like, what are the questions that you would ask? Like, that's, you know, treat it like that. Um, It sounds super simple, but it really, really makes it easier from like an understanding uh, perspective.
2: Now, I'll add to that too, Anna, because I had to go through a learning curve of presenting in the classroom to then doing a, like a product demo. And, and the real big takeaway I had eventually over time was that just because you do a great presentation, doesn't mean it's a great sales opportunity, right? And and the big difference becomes, like Andrew said, like question the question: How much can you get them talking and buy in, right? And then number two, it's it shouldn't be a feature set demo. It's more about the experience using the product. So this button in the corner is great, great feature. But how does that help? Like, why is that important? What can a teacher experience or a school admin experience using this type of feature, using the product? So it definitely gets deeper and more granular, asking those questions and piggybacking it to the experience of using the product, not just the product itself. The value
3: behind each one of those features, essentially. <clears throat> Right.
0: For sure. I mean, I do have to say, so I always say how my first role in ed tech out of um, working like in education was a customer service internship. But at the end of it, we had to demo their product for them. And I spent about 10 minutes on like a single button feature. I was so nervous. Like I just could not wrap my head around it. So it's funny that you bring that up because they were like, you went so deep on this like one feature you ran out of time and like you were so focused on it so anyways like that was obviously a very long time ago and i would never do that again but it because you brought that up people do make that mistake aka me so
3: (laughs) i would say that's a huge point too that i didn't mention taking control of the meeting and sticking to the timeline is super important in sales The last thing that you want to happen is you're having a fantastic conversation, but you didn't plan for five minutes to like determine exactly what the next steps are at the end of the call. And that CIO that you're talking to and that decision maker, I guess in this case would be a superintendent, um, is like, you know, this is really, really great. Send me an email. I got to run though. And then you don't get to speak to them for two months. So that's hugely important to keep track of time.
1: And I wanted to, um, if that's all right, uh, when you were talking, Rob, about you had to make this the switch um, like the mindset switch from you know like presenting in your classroom um, to you know how you would present to um, potential customers. I mean, that's something that I've been been thinking about a lot is how how to make that shift because I've been presenting this way for so long and I've presented at district um, you know professional developments and I presented at conferences. but it's a different I mean, it's a completely different clientele, right <laughs> you know, when you're talking with like-minded educators or students, I mean, how, I mean, I, I mean, how do you make that, 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 that shift? And I mean, cause that's a completely different lens that I'm going to need to look through. And that's something that I've been thinking about a lot is how, how to, to go to not make it into a tutorial because you don't want to do that, you know, um, but to just focus on, and I'm just kind of thinking how, how do you how do you do that and if you were doing that in a like a as part of the interview process that just is really trippy to me to think about how you would go about doing that so i'm curious to know what your thoughts are on that or even you andrew what you think of those things
3: i would say good discovery <laughs> again um i typically would train my sales reps to not run and this is obviously not applicable to anna your question with like how to run a demo if you're doing it in in an interview because you don't have the time to do this in an interview in certain aspects but you know i train my everyone that i've ever worked with that they shouldn't be running a demo until they know literally everything about that customer and what their needs are i want to know that because they don't have an lms at their school their teachers are working longer hours because their teachers are working longer hours. Their kids are not able to uh, they're not able to get home and see their kids. And, or they're, you know like, I want to know like all the way down to the very, very end of that pain point so that when I show them in the demonstration environment, hey, by the way, here's an automatic scheduling tool or here's where your teachers can take attendance and really and, and bang through all of their, the grading for all of their different students in a faster and more productive way. I'm teaching them that this is the function, but what the value is, is that they're getting time back in their day. They're gonna be able to leave a little bit earlier. They're gonna be able to get home and, and watch their kid's softball game. Like do real good discovery because then it'll it'll make it easier for you to, to attach value to the different types of features and functionalities that you'll be showing. That's my recommendation.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
3: Rob, would you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I mean,
2: I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Because I, I look at it like when it comes to ed tech, and selling ed tech, it you're selling those nights and weekends back, right? Or you're selling something back to the educator. Maybe it's lunch. Maybe they have twenty minutes now in their day for lunch that they didn't have previously. And you're not going to know the fit like that unless in the value, unless you have that conversation. And I, I think the best experience, the best teacher is experience. Right. Because if you do get into the role and you start having these conversations with school districts, follow up conversations from management, from your process is going to be like timeline. What's their timeline? Are they looking to implement this year and have it ready for the fall? Are they the decision maker? Do they have budget? You don't get those kind of answers by just jumping on a Zoom and like feature demo. Right. So it will kind of naturally become part of that process. And there might be some growing pains of, oh, I forgot to ask them that. It still happens to me today. Oh, I forgot to ask them that one question. Oh, I could just get them back on the line real quick, right? Um, so I, I do think experience is the best teacher, but again, you'll, you'll find there's a difference between presenting a polished demo where you didn't stutter and you had all your talking points and you hit every feature and then those other questions. Well, I don't know much about timeline. I don't know if I present to the right person. I didn't I didn't ask. Right? So those things will eventually come around to you and and will be a great learning experience. Um so yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, I really just wanted to thank you both so much for your time. This has been a really fantastic conversation. I'm super excited for you, Mickey, and your future career in sales um, and I can't wait to follow along your journey and if there's anyone listening who also wants to connect with you where can they find you online?
1: Um, LinkedIn would be a great place.
0: Great. And what about you, Andrew?
3: Yeah, if you can connect with me on LinkedIn as well.
0: Cheers. Well, thank y'all both so much.